Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like <laughs> follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more information go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our instagram or tiktok at chinwagpod or on twitter at chinwag underscore pod R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, you son of a bitch. That's a good one, ain't it? That's not my feelings. No. Uh, my, my, I'm just mostly offended no. at the the whole argument of Danny McBride is funny all the time, except yeah, in Hot like, Rod. Uh, okay, he, like he was he was funnier than he was in Hot Rod. It uh, just he wasn't, he wasn't he was yeah it was it was the same kind of like I don't think they knew what this they had was, on their hands. This was always going to be backlash. This episode, absolutely. This, <laughs> this was always going to, like there was not we could have picked anything. <laughs> And there was going to be backlash in this one. The grooves of the the personal resentment that have been built up oh over my God. 13 episodes of Cinephobe. I mean, this, really- this is a, we got to be honest, this is a fractured group.
It really yes. is. Yes. It's a fractured group. I don't know that we recover from it. I think we can trudge on, right? Like, I think we can keep it going, but I don't think we can ever recover. What was the point of fracture? What was the movie that did it? That like It was definitely Jupiter Ascending when you uh, just have a bias against any movie I pick now. <laughs> that was it. I mean, you do you do have a knack for picking, like, pretty awful movies. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, and it, to be fair... That's the point of the of the show. No, absolutely, and I I think I've adjusted. Like we'll see what I get to for my next choice, but I feel like I'm going to adjust the the movies that I pick, and I will definitely not pick a movie that I care about ever you again. Can't, you can't put your heart <laughs> in it, man. Like, can't do that. Well, I mean, well, I don't like. See, here's the thing. Like, so this 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 episode is going to be interesting to me because this is a movie. While I won't say I care about it in the way that you cared about <laughs> Hot Rod, <laughs> I don't think I, cared about like he cares about Hot Rod. I would say that this movie, legitimately, to me, I, from the moment I saw it to every time I watch it, it's always funny. It's always enjoyable. I am legitimately surprised because this is what I do now. I'll watch movies that I've always loved, and then now I'm like, well, I wonder what the Rotten Tomato score is. And I like I was shocked to see it this slow because I just thought this was this was a movie that while not a huge blockbuster hit, I thought it was just it was hilarious. I, unless you are offended by some of the stuff in there, <laughs> I can't see how you couldn't like yeah. this movie. I got to be honest, I'd never seen the whole thing before. I'd seen bits and pieces, but never the whole thing. Mm. I had seen it before and. I- didn't remember a whole lot, but then when we when I watched it again, there were some things that hit me with some deja vu. You know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit, unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended. I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. it absolutely, I was absolutely offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all (laughs) night. Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love, unless you're Anthony Mays, then you're always happy to admit you love them, and then we just tear them down. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Amin Hassan, Anthony Mays, producing the show. Uh, the podcast about movies we think don't get enough respect, and Amin has picked uh, this week's episode, which is the 2007 comedy, The Heartbreak Kid. It's a remake of the 1972 movie of the same name, char- starring uh, Charles Grodin and Sybil Shepard. This one stars Ben Stiller, who at the time was coming off of Night at the Museum. He was about to be in Tropic Thunder. Uh, he's flanked by, I never know how to say her name, Malin Ackerman. Malin. Malin, 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 Malin. Malin Ackerman. Pretty close. <laughs> you, know Malin how, you know what you sound like? Remember the family guys? Like, I don't know quite how to say this. Kim Bassinger? Bassinger? <laughs> Bassinger? Bassinger? Bassinger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Malin Ack- Ackerman. Yep. That's, that's not how that's spelled, but okay. Never mind. She's Swedish. Uh, she is, is she? Yes. Yeah. Seems American. 
Just because um, she didn't have an accent? Oh, she yeah. don't talk like this. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that that was a great <laughs> accent by any way. Um, I, I do my Swedish chef for anyone. Said, Bernie, Bernie, oh, I don't talk like this. This is one of her first uh, big movies after Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Also, Michelle Moyahan, uh, who's coming off oh. of Mission Impossible 3 and Gone Baby Gone. No, she was coming off of Tom Brady. Oh. No, it's Bridget Moynihan. Ah, all the Moynihans. Pretty close, though. Halfway there. Uh, I, was, I was looking at her. I was like, wow, man, cute, man. <laughs> Bridget Moynihan's in... Is in iRobot, right? Oh, is that what okay. she's known for? I like Michelle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, you also see performances from Jerry Stiller, Rob mm. Corddry, Carlos uh-huh. Garcia, yes. Danny McBride. Yes, maybe even a, a cameo, a cameo from, from Eva Longoria. Yes, yeah, oh, all the hits. And don't forget Flo, the the progressive lady. Flo from Progressive, and the the old dude from Walking Dead. Right, is that the dude that looks like Steve Ashburner? That's Boo. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, this is written by scott armstrong who has writing credits on road trip old school starsky and touch semi-pro nice nice uh leslie dixon Dixon also has writing credits uh has writing credits on overboard the original uh look who's talking now mrs doubtfire and the tony medley favorite freaky friday a little older, okay. Right, this right. movie was directed and, by and the Fairley Brothers. There you go. They also yeah. have writing credits on this. Uh, yes, they do. And they were coming off of Fever Pitch and a few mm-hmm. years away from a, a Mean Al Hassan favorite, Hall Pass. Man, I forgot yes. they made Fever Pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they made, yeah. Fever, Fever Pitch starring, like, the, the three things I, I don't really enjoy. Jimmy Fallon, the Red Sox, and uh, what's her name? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's Not a pretty a big miss on that one. Um, a future cinephobe <laughs> god no please no that will definitely end us uh, the synopsis for Heartbreak Kid a newlywed man who believes he's just gotten hitched to the perfect woman encounters another lady on his honeymoon with the tagline love stings that is not the synopsis at all <laughs> at, at all right that's from at IMDB all. I don't, I don't agree with that misleading yeah. misleading completely misleading whereas because... with Swordfish they gave too much information away <laughs> You know, this is like a, a couple of quick, you know, treetop notes that I put here. There's two things about this movie that you have to know. One is that Ben Stiller plays the straight man. I mean, like, the, you know this if you watch most Ben Stiller movies. He plays a straight man better than anybody else. He plays. Yeah, what a, he's really good at it. He's really good at playing like what a rational kind of normal human being would behave as everyone else around him is insane in some way I, or another. I would another. put one person up against him who ironically, or I guess coincidentally, was originally going to be cast for this role. Is it Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman. Yep. Wow. Yeah. We're all in agreement that Jason Bateman is an amazing straight man. Yeah. Yes, he is. I, so yes. I would say Jason Bateman, or it was Jason Bateman and Amy Poehler. Those were the original two castings. Ah. I would assume Amy Poehler was the Malin Ackerman or no? Couldn't Amy Poehler couldn't pull it off? Jason I don't think Bateman she could. could. No, Bateman, I think Jason Bateman, Bateman, Bateman could absolutely pull it off. And and I, I stand corrected. Jason Bateman is the best straight man because yeah. Stiller still has a little cart when he gets animated or upset. It's still a little cartoonish. Yep. Which I laugh and it's funny, but when Bateman does it, it's it's still kind of within, and that makes it even funnier. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So no, I stand corrected. But, but yeah. Yeah, he's up there. So that, that's yeah. the one note. The other note is this movie is based on two things. One, 
his ability to lie. I don't. It's not. It's not overt. They don't overtly point it out. Right. But if you're watching this movie, if you haven't watched it yet, watch the movie and just keep an eye out on how many lies he can tell, and you'll know their lies immediately from the context of the situation. And the other thing is that's funny is <laughs> the move. This movie is all about the red flags. Yeah. Because as we'll get into here in a second, you'll see it starts and she seems like. Like a terrific catch, a Stoke, wonderful yeah. young lady, yeah. and little by little, there's just these warning signs that make you that make you and Ben Stiller go, hmm. and and when but, you try to explain it to someone, it doesn't just it doesn't sound like a warning sign. It doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, but I would I would I would flip this a little bit though. He's the villain in this movie. Oh yeah, he's terrible. Like, yeah, he's a horrible person. <laughs> it's a horrible person. Yes. Uh, this had a sixty million dollar budget. It grossed thirty six point seven million in the U.S., but one twenty seven point seven million worldwide. There you go, worldwide. Big worldwide. Uh, that Carlos Mencia effect. That's what it was. Probably was huge in in Mexico. So Hon- let's jump Honduras. into this Honduras. movie. Damn, you racist. He from Honduras. The movie set in Mexico. Really? All right, let's jump into this movie before uh, the spoilers come in. Heartbreak Kid is available on Stars, or you can rent it. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for the Heartbreak Kid, 29% from critics on 156 reviews. Shocking. Here's the thing that surprised me, though, Amin. Audience, 37% on Shocking. on over 315,000 ratings, which means, like, usually with a comedy, critics will hate it or love it, and then it's the opposite for the audience, I feel like. Right. With this one, they're pretty in line. I don't know why. So here's the uh, you want the the good reviews or the bad reviews? Give me give me the good reviews. Let, All right. let me hear what the people we got. Want. We got three of them. Randy right. Cordova from the Arizona Republic, consistently full of laugh out loud moments. The sight yes. gags are outrageous. The story is genuinely yeah. involving, and the whole movie yes. has a bit of sweetness to it. No, <laughs> that I disagree. Oh, Randy? Randy? Mark Savlov of Austin Chronicle. This is a fairly film for adults, if not the entire family, and it's a charmer, mm. honest both to the nature of the loves we choose and haste and the fear that makes us so hasty so often. That I is agree. not a family movie. I agree, except for the family movie part. I don't want my kids seeing a movie where a woman is yelling, cock me. Very, <laughs> very vigorously. Destin, oh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 uh, go ahead. Last one. Last one, Destin Thompson of the Washington Post. For the Fairley brothers topping the slapstick and gross-out comedy of their lowbrow hits such as Dumb and Dumber and There's Something About Mary was never going to be easy, but in The Heartbreak Kid, they have outdone themselves. I don't know about that. Mm, I mean, it is one of my favorite Fairley brother movies. It's not better than Dumb and Dumber. Let me let you get that clear. Yeah. But it's I not like better it than better. Something About Mary. I, I like it better than something about Mary. Interesting. Thought, yeah, yeah. I like like something about Mary, but uh, there's a reason why. Because something about Mary, when it came out, my cousin thought it was the funniest movie ever, and all oh, he kept doing, you gotta say, you gotta, too high. oh, the expectations were way too high. It was, it was like so. I I've enjoyed it. I like it, but it's yeah. never had the impact yeah. on me that it had people who went and saw it fresh. So right. that's that's probably why. Here are the bad reviews. Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed. A miserable, pathetic, mean-spirited effort on the Fairley Brothers. Mean-spirited, John, oh. John Puccio of Movie Metropolis. Largely gross, mean-spirited, frustrating, and ugly. Oh, Richard like- Corliss of uh-huh. Time Magazine. If the heartbreak kid doesn't go totally wrong, its big problem is that doesn't really go anywhere. It just sort of lies there, like dumb Lila on the beach waiting to turn gold. I mean, that sounds way more mean-spirited than any other, <laughs> any right. other movie. 
David Fear of Time Out. The original premise has been stripped of anything to do with upward mobility except for one shot involving a Prince Albert. The Fairley's signature shock humor is largely absent. Um, let me see. Oh, Cynthia Fuchs of Pop Matters. The illegal alien gag is a lazy joke contingent on ridiculing otherness in the most insipid uh, ways. Bitches, Mexicans, they all be crazy. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, so it seems like there's, there's a couple. Now I'm, I'm detecting there's a couple of factions here. Faction one is the movie's mean, in which case go go watch Babar or something. I don't know. Babar? It's like. No one's meaning Babar. Have you noticed that? No one's ever, like, any, like, misunderstandings cl- quickly cleared up. Babar is the most, like, toothless, yeah, uh, like, vehicle of, of uh, entertainment there is. The other group is like, it's not the original, which I didn't even know that it was a remake, so. Yeah. I didn't either until I, until I was looking it up. All right, two more. Jonathan Rosenbaum of Chicago Reader. If I were in movie hell, I'd rather see Good Luck Chuck again than return to this atrocity. Shut up. No, that come on. Offensive. Stop. Get out of here. And the guy saying Dane Cook was Dane Cook. Good luck, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get out, get the fuck and, out of here. The John Thompson of Orlando Weekly, the absolute dregs of American comedy. Oh, okay. Well, go watch fucking The English Patient one more time and jerk so, off to that. So I read, I read the reviews before I watched the movie. It's usually my process for this. So I'm expecting, like, all right, this is gonna be really pushing the limits. And maybe I shouldn't read the reviews before, but Didn't I did. Like, you have a whole speech on Twitter the other day about how you never read reviews for movies st- you're going to no, watch? No, 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 no. I don't understand reading reviews of like movies I want to see, but like this, like this has been out since 2007. If I wanted to see the whole movie, I would have seen the whole movie. Like John Wick, I would never want to see a review of a John Wick movie coming out because I want to go in fresh. But like, like there are people who like go in there, no spoilers and all this stuff before, and I, I don't ever want that. You've read the reviews every time? For Cinephobe? I think so. I, at least like the last like six or seven. That's interesting. I mean, I would say don't, but since you've already started on this path, you should probably continue with this process. It hasn't hurt the process so far. But so that that was my thought process going into this. Like, okay, they're really going to be gross and push push the limit. And uh, I don't know that I agree with a lot it, of these reviews. You know, like in, as, on a scale of like one to ten of Fairly Brother uh, disgusting movies, they, it wasn't that much. It was only a couple of scenes, like a couple of scenes. It's a couple right. things, yeah. It's not that, so. Then the I'm Prince just judging. Yeah. The, then I'm just judging. Like, is it funny? Right. Yeah. Like that's that's really like what it should be about. So uh, let's jump into it. We're in San Francisco. Ben and Jerry still are walking down the street. Their father and son, just like in real life. Jerry wants to know how things are going, and by that he means has he has Ben still been uh, crushing any pussy lately? As he puts it. <laughs> Let me ben rephrase met- the question. You've been crushing any pussy. Ben says he's just kind of dating. Jerry thinks he's in purgatory, says they should tag team some broads at this upcoming wedding that, uh, no, that no. Ben is going to. And the wedding. Ben, Ben's going to the wedding. Jerry tells him, why are you going to the wedding? Because the wedding is the wedding of Ben Stiller's ex-girlfriend, right. ex-fiance, excuse me, uh, who's marrying someone else now. And Jerry says, instead of going to that, come with me to Vegas and let's tag team a couple of oh, broads there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now we're at the wedding. Rob Corddry is his friend. He's giving life advice, uh, fawning over the ex of Ben Ben Stiller. Um, they're going over the reasons why they didn't stay together and get married. And he's kind of just picking this apart. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're being too nitpicky. We meet Rob's uh, wife, 
And my note is, uh, I love his fake laugh. I I love his reactions. They always kill me. Like, Rob Corgi will always get me. Oh, yeah. Agreed. He's up there. He's up there uh, in the Hall of Fame of, like, no matter what he says, it always sounds funny. Uh, one of the life advices he gives him is, happy wife, happy life. To which Ben Soto said, hmm, that's a good one. It rhymes. <laughs> and also, when he's uh, trying to give him advice about why his relationship didn't work out with Jody, who is getting married, it's like, because you just are nitpicky, but he, he would do it in the, the whiny voice that we all adopt when we're saying that our friends whine too much. Oh, she doesn't like my fantasy football. Oh, da, da, da. So much Bento says, I do not sound like an Italian mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she doesn't like uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, she doesn't like Caddyshack because the gopher didn't look real. Right. The gopher wasn't realistic. <laughs> so, uh, Ben Stiller is, we find out he's sitting at the single slash kids table. It's just a bunch of kids there because he's the only single person. Um, he goes, he finds a, he's, he, this guy, this guy walks up. What? Yeah, yeah. He's talking about like how he looks at the table, table full of kids. And he, surely there's something must be wrong. So he's searching for the wedding coordinator. Yeah. He, he comes across the gay, like this gay guy. The gay guy admonishes flamboy- him. Flamboyant. Yeah, flamboyant. Dressed. Yeah, flamboyantly yeah. dressed. Uh, he had mods. Oh, you looking for the wedding coordinator? So you just find the first gay guy you see. Then another flamboyant gay guy walks up, saying, "I heard the I heard wedding coordinator." And the, ben, the look Ben Stiller gives the first guy is just priceless. Like it's such a like like, like eh? you have you know? to paint the picture. The other guy is way more flamboyant. Way more flamboyant. Way more. <laughs> and he's got that chunky Bluetooth and walkie-talkie combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "Did I hear someone say wedding coordinator?" And it, I just like the look he gives is hilarious. <laughs> like just like this, well, yeah. And the dude kind of right. Got, and the dude just like he doesn't he doesn't protest it. He just no. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, he walks away. Um, the speeches are going on at the wedding. Uh, Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad gives a speech. Father of the bride. Yeah, his father of the bride says the groom is the first guy the bride ever went out with who wasn't a total asshole, which then this might be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. And there, and there are other good parts. But Rob Corddry yeah. gets yeah. up from another table. His table's around, in the front, by the way. Yeah, front, his in, the front, in the front. Turns around, puts his hands on his head like, I can't believe this, and just starts <laughs> laughing at Ben Stiller. And it's such a great physical gag that someone would do this to someone else at a wedding. Like, it's... Like that is perfect comedy. Oh my! That God. moment is perfect. <laughs> His face is very oh snap. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's the classic Rob Corddry reaction. Like it's just like man, I love this dude. I love him in Semi Pro. I love him in that movie. What happens in Vegas? Like yeah. he makes that movie yeah. almost tolerable. He's fantastic. Which him one? and Lake Bell. Lake Bell's also oh, fantastic. In it. I love Lake Bell. Yeah, she's great. Poor Rob Corddry wasting away on ballers. Oh, my God. Oh, um, so now we get back to the streets. Uh, no, ben Stiller. No. What? Oh, what no. I missed? Remember, the theme of this movie is how well he can lie. So he's sitting at the kids' table, the, oh, and there are these right, two yeah. asshole twins who who ask him, are you gay? And he says no. And then, like, they made a bet that he's either gay or bi, apparently. So, But anyway, the little girl sitting next to him keeps asking him, Where's your wife? He's like, I don't have a wife. Are you divorced? No, I'm not divorced. Where's your girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. I'm kind of in between things. And so then she says, are you a widower? And just to shut up the little girl, he says, yes. Yes, I'm a widower. And so (laughs) the twins decide to play a game called five and five. 
uh, you know, to prove that he's not lying. He's like, what's that? He's like, we ask you five questions in five, in five seconds. You got to answer rapid fire. And if you have to stop to think, that means you're lying. And so they go, how'd your wife die? She's murdered. Like, and he's answering these instantly, yeah. instantly, right? How'd your wife die? She was murdered. How? Ice pick. They got the guy? Yeah. What's his name? Ronald. Brad Pitt or Russell Crowe? Brad Pitt. So you go, ah, oh, I knew you were gay. He says, no, I, I thought, no, they said, who's hotter? Brad oh, yeah. Pitt or who's Russell Crowe? Yeah. And he Brad goes, I thought, Russell- I thought you meant the careers. <laughs> I thought you meant who's hotter career-wise. <laughs> um, so now we're, now we're back on the streets. Uh, he's walking by a window, thinks he's flirting with a girl, her boyfriend oh, or husband or someone walks down. So he starts moving on. And then all of a sudden we see, uh, What's her name? Lila is her name in the movie. I'm just going to call her Lila because I hate her name. Uh, Lila is doing laundry. This guy comes by on a bicycle. He snatches her purse. He starts riding away towards Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller stops him, uh, tries to get the purse back a little bit. He's kind of arguing with him. The guy uh, sprays him in the face with what we think is mace, but turn out, turns out to be perfume, uh, which is when, when, when she runs up to him to like basically thank him or whatever, He's like, oh, he maced me. And she goes, no, it's perfume. And shows him the bottle of perfume. And then he like, he kind of stops freaking out that he's been maced and like smells the air. That's good physical comedy. That's a, like a funny, <laughs> subtle little bit. Um, they now have their, uh, what's it called in the rom-com? A meet cute. That's their meet cute. Um, they kind of exchange names and, and she leaves behind a pair of David Bowie underwear. Yeah, I wrote down Cinderella, but with David Bowie panties. Yeah, that's a good call. And so now it's him, Jerry, and Rob in the apartment. And he says, Jerry is like basically just examining these, right? And he's he says, I've always said you can tell a lot about a woman by her panties. And Ben asks, when have you ever said that? He says, I've said it a lot. It's like a mantra. <laughs> uh, they're saying he wimped out. We find out that Rob's ringtone for his wife at the Wicked Witch of the West music, which is a nice little touch. He's so scared of his wife. It's amazing. Yeah, by the way, terrified. also his wife was in True Blood. She was yeah. one of the... Isn't she in she, Hall Pass? She's got a she's very familiar Hall- face, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she does. She, she kind of looks like, yeah, very... Kind of scary, actually. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little bit. Rob Cordry says that's why I grew out the bangs. <laughs> he points to the like little patch of hair on the front of his head. I did not like the hair gag. I gotta be honest, because no. it, it, it comes back later. They go back to it in an extreme way. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't think that was funny. So now we find Ben's got a sporting goods store. Um, he's there giving this kid advice uh, in a batting cage in the store. Jerry walks up and he's arguing with him. He's like, say, he's saying, Ben's saying basically it's like very sabermetrics, right? Like, right? He's like, yeah. he's like, a walk is as good as a hit. And the kid's like, what? Really? And Jerry goes, <laughs> no, just swing at the next pitch. No <laughs> And his kid, they're arguing, confusing the kid. He just swings. He rips the ball. Just <laughs> absolutely rips in the batting cage. Um, and so now Lila is at the store picking out fleeces. Uh, Jerry has the underwear. What happens? Ben wrestles it away from her. They're wrestling. She walks up and then Jerry just completely exposes him and tells her that he has the panties. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Lila. She's like, how do you know my name? He says, <laughs> okay, cat's out of the bag. My son found your panties on the sidewalk and we've been talking about you all week. Eddie, give her back her undies, will you? I was dying. Jerry Stiller's <laughs> pussy per minute. In this oh my movie God. Is he's out so, oh, I just, he's my favorite. Like, oh my God. I love him. They awkwardly, yeah, uh, Ben awkwardly asks her out. They go out for pie. 
We find out she's an environmental researcher. She admits she didn't need the fleece. She just wanted to see him. Then we get a dating montage of them just making out in different locations. First of like five montages in this movie. Yeah, a lot of montages in this movie. She eats shit on a bike at one point. Yeah, that didn't really do anything for Uh. me. And this is when I wrote the note that Malin Ackerman is kind of a younger, hotter version of Christine Taylor, Ben Stiller's actual wife. Oh, oh, uh, I strong disagree on the hotter. I wouldn't say a hotter part. Yeah, but she's definitely younger. We find out that they haven't had sex yet. She wants to wait because she doesn't want to rush into it. Then we find out she, her research wants her to go to Rotterdam for two years. Germ- to, to Germany? <laughs> Holland. And the look on his face. I was like, all right. It's great. Just great little touches like that in this movie. Um, She's got to go because the other researcher is married and they don't move married people. So now he's contemplating getting married so she doesn't have to move. Um, So then he starts doing the pros and cons with Jerry. And I think Rob is there too, right? Yes, yes. Jerry and Rob are there. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, what what do you, what's, you know, obviously it's quick, but he's like, well, what else are you afraid of? He says, she kind of doesn't have a great sense of humor. To which Jerry just completely lambasting and says, humor is a male gene. Haven't you noticed whenever there's a funny girl, she's always a little mannish? Ellen DeGeneres, uh, although he calls her Evelyn DeGeneres. Right. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Lily Tomlin. Rob Corder says, I like Ellen. She has a great ass. Check it out. (laughs) And And then Ben says, like, this is a good exchange, too. Ben's like, it's like at the end of the day, I'm choosing between Lila and all the other women in the world. You've barely nailed any of the other women in the world. You haven't crushed more than three pussies since you broke off with Jody. Dad, what is this obsession with pussy crushing counting? I really, I just, I'm not comfortable with that term. Sorry. Snatch. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote them, I wrote the note, this movie is funny. Like, it is like, it's it's funny, man. There's a callback, right? So at Jody's wedding, they see Jody's mom and Rob and, 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 um, and Ben are like, she's got the kind of looks that will last. Yeah, she's in great shape. Look at that. She's got great jeans. Jody's going to be just like her mom or whatever. At Ben's wedding to uh, Lila, we meet Lila's mom, who is a decidedly larger woman. She looks like the mom from Honey Boo Boo. Yes, exactly. She looks like Honey Boo Boo mom, right? Nothing, nothing, and- like, nothing like Lila. So, like, hey, thank you, congratulations, thank you, thank you for showing up. I was like, oh, you look so beautiful. That's the same dress I wore on my wedding day. And Ben says... Same designer? She says, nope, same exact dress. Rob Cordry's Cordry's looks during this whole scene are just amazing. But also, Ben Stiller's, hmm. It's just, it's the smallest. Oh, he doesn't say, hmm. But it's it's priceless. Anyways, now they're road tripping to Cabo for the honeymoon, which I didn't know you could, I didn't know you could drive to Cabo, by the way. Oh, yeah, you could drive to Cabo. It's just down, just down the peninsula. From San Francisco? I mean, it's, it's a, a long, long drive. trip. Yeah. It's, it's like probably like 15 hours or something, but it could be done. Yeah. It could so be done. The, the road trip scene is. This is where the red flags start popping up. But also like as a, mo- a movie scene, it is so well done. It like is the way they, they transition from the beginning where these people are clearly so excited to oh, go on a trip. So much fun. And, you know, singing along to the radio, singing along to all these songs to slowly but surely you see Ben Stiller. <laughs> like when he's drinking out of the the the, um, the fountain drink and he pulls the straw out of it. Yeah, it's just very small cues of like I'm very annoyed right now. Yeah, but the subtle know- the subtle humor in this movie is just so well done. Oh man. Uh, so like the disagreements are he wants to go deep sea fishing, she gets seasick easily on boats. Uh, he wants to go out and go on an adventure, she wants to be in the hotel and relax. 
and says it's a dangerous third world country. Um, he increasingly doesn't like the music that she's singing along. And it's, uh, by the way, by the way, like it's not like when he's talking to her, it's all very pleasant. Like, oh, we should go deep sea fishing. I want to catch him on. Oh, I get seasick. Oh, okay, that's all right. Like he's not really pushing back, but yeah. They're, he's they're just definite ideas and the seeds and of like they're not on the same page. I won't say disagreements. I just say they're not on the same page. Yeah. So at some point where she's singing, she's uh, she's singing uh, uh, Spice Girls, right? And that's when it's like you could tell he's, uh, he's like, hey, uh, why don't we turn off the radio for a bit and uh, sort of uh, vibe out on the wind. <laughs> He doesn't have anything. He's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, she gives a suggestion that maybe they could just go find a place and fuck. So they pull off to the road, go get a hotel. <laughs> they don't even um, pull off. He pulls across. <laughs> oh, yeah. He pulls across lanes to get to the like, exit. Which is, which is a very dude thing. Like the idea that like, I'm so annoyed by this woman now. Like, oh, she won't shut the fuck up. Da, da. And it's just, hey, let's fuck. And it's <laughs> literally. Well, it's also the first time, right? Yeah, it's the well, first yes. time in everything, right? Yeah, but just it's, the, the the like he's he's not giving up on this opportunity for anything. He crosses four lanes of traffic, beers over to catch the egg. Yeah, and so now we get to the the sex disagreement. Essentially, she's trying. She wants all these different, uh, you know, I guess advanced positions, all this stuff, and and at one point, you know, it, it's it's causing problems for him. She sticks a finger in his ass. He's like, no, I don't like that. She's like, oh, I know what to do when you're being bad now and stuff. And so he suggests missionary. She's, she has <laughs> no idea what missionary is. What's that? <laughs> she's, by the way, she's very, like, I won't say aggressive, but she's Man, into no, it. She, like, so, she, like, she's, she's, very, she's, like, vocally aggressive. Yeah, she's out there like, you like that? You like that? And and all he can muster is, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 how much do you like it? A lot. <laughs> Jackhammer me. Jackhammer me. When she goes, Jackhammer me, Eddie, that was the first time I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this movie. Yeah. What's a jackhammer? He so meekly says, what's a jackhammer? Jackhammer me. (laughs) So now he clearly has regrets. They're going to a a diner. Hold on. She goes into the bathroom. And as she goes to the bathroom, uh, we just yeah, her, this didn't do anything for yeah. it. No, but it, it's not it's not the that. Like obviously that's just a fairly joke where you hear yeah. this huge fart sound and she's like, That's not what you think it is. And he goes, Um, I didn't hear what happened. <laughs> and she's, she's like, like, Oh, oh I just had the biggest I, queef ever, right? Biggest or something queef like, ever. Yeah. And the look on his face. That's that's what that scene that that part is. It's not about the the so many people I'm sure will laugh at just the ha ah, she queefed or whatever. Right. But but the humor is in that the sinking realization on his face, like, oh my God, I've made a terrible mistake. So now, so now the other, the other red flags coming up is they see an old couple at the diner the next morning. She's like, that's us in 10 years. He's like, I don't think so. And she's <laughs> like, oh, I'm really old bad at couple. Yeah. I'm I mean, they're like seventies, like eighties, like, 80s, very, like hunched over hands trembling as they're trying to feed each other. By the way, the other thing that happens in the scene is she says, can you hold my hand while we eat? And he looks down because he's holding his fork with his left hand and she's holding uh what either way like it's he's she's sitting to his left and he's eating with his left hand so he looks down and he doesn't say a word but he just looks at his hand and looks at her and then you can see like rob quarry's advice run through his head so he reaches over with his right hand to hold her hand while still trying to eat with his left hand and you could tell he's so uncomfortable about this whole thing, but he doesn't say a word. This is another example of like just real. Like to me, I was dying laughing at that whole thing. Just yeah, the way he looked at her and how awkward, awkward he was. Yeah, the whole th- like he really does play awkward so well. 
I've got two notes from this scene. So did you guys notice her breakfast? She had like four different plates going yeah. on in a milkshake. Yeah, he, like he had like a simple thing, right? Yeah, he like had like a, a fruit salad or something like yeah. that. And then the old lady from the couple that's in the diner, she's also in Pineapple Express in an episode of It's Always Sunny. It's the Dennis in a System episode where Dennis oh. pretends this woman is his grandmother. Oh. And she goes around saying, My grandmother had an affair with Susan B. Anthony. I, I don't give a shit. Look, pain you not to talk, all right? So, <laughs> so shout out to that old lady. So we get, a, right. we get something that will be called back later where she asks if, like, She's too hairy down there for him. She mentions she's got a deviated septum after juice comes out of it and that it happens often. He's like, well, we'll just have to keep you away from liquids. Like he's trying to like, you know, be the and also, guy, right. And also to let her know, hey, I, I went to camp with this kid uh, who had a deviated septum and he, oh, the only thing that happened was he just snored all the time. And she said, well, I don't snore, but uh, sometimes the juice comes out of my nose. He says, well, we got to keep you away from liquids. They get back in the car and she's back to playing the radio and singing. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. <laughs> They're playing The Devil Goes Down to Georgia. Or the Devil yeah. Went Down to Georgia. And you know the part where the, the fiddle goes. But whenever the fiddle happens, she pretends to trumpet. Right. <laughs> and you can tell he's annoyed not only by her singing along, but the fact that she doesn't know a fiddle, the sound of a fiddle from a trumpet. Which, by the way, reminds me. Of when I was a kid, I had a cousin. I can't remember what song it was. It was one of them '80s songs that had like a uh, an electric guitar solo, and my cousin thought it was a saxophone, and he started like miming a saxophone. I was like, "What are you doing, man? That's not even close. Not even the same family of instruments." Because at, at first, when she does the trumpet, I, I do remember thinking, "Like, where the fuck is the horns in this?" It didn't re- like it didn't it didn't register with me at all. Uh, they get to Cabo. She admits she's been trying too hard to be comfortable with him and trying to be too perfect. We see the twin assholes from the wedding who thought he was gay. I love when they headbutt instead of high fiving. Yeah, right. <laughs> the package that he was supposed to deliver to Uncle Tito for <laughs> Rob Corddry is pornography. It's pornography <laughs> called "Remember the Titans." <laughs> yes. It's in the locker room. <laughs> Danny McBride and Michelle Moyahan walk up and Uncle Tito pretends that it's not his, that it's Ben Stiller's. And they're just looking at him wild. Um, Lila's getting hammered. Tito says to hide the jewelry in the safe. He got them a honeymoon suite. She hits Ben Stiller in the head with a cork. He finds out her job doesn't pay at all and that she's just a volunteer yeah. with her research. That's- this is when it really starts coming off the rails and and this when they check into the hotel. Yeah, that- this is where so- the real red flags. Like everything so he- else is just kind of a disagreement, but now this is yeah. like, oh, I didn't know this stuff, yeah. right? See, no, the, everything else I would say is just not on, quite on the same page. Yeah. But this is this is the first real disagreement argument. He says, gotta remember we're a two-income household now. And she says, oh, you got a second job? that's that's good so he's he's arguing with her that she's not allowed to call it a job it's a hobby you got stung by a jellyfish and that makes you an environmental researcher i don't have to defend my job job you got a hobby (laughs) look it up in the dictionary then we find out the guy that stole her purse earlier in the movie is her (laughs) ex-boyfriend and he's like why didn't you tell me she's like i didn't know you you were a stranger (laughs) And then it turns out that it was his shit was in her purse, so he's actually just getting his stuff back. Right. <laughs> she yells at him like, "I'm sorry. I, I care about the, the our planet, and our kids will live in a place where there's ocean life is inhabiting." It's like that's not a word. It's like <laughs> she says, "Yes, it is." Like, no, it's not. I said, "Why don't you look it up in your little dictionary?" And while you're at it, why don't you look up shit fuck? 
I will look it up, shit. Like the way he responds back, I will look it up, shit. Fuck is again just next level, next level awkward delivery of, yeah. of an angry like, line. Yeah, but he is man. He's so good at that. Um, now he officially meets. Uh, uh, Miranda, played by Michelle Moyhan, uh, by giving her a camera she's dropped. He's trying to explain that it wasn't her porn. She lets him know that uh, Danny McBride is her cousin. He keeps yelling that during the scene from this balcony, like, we're <laughs> trying to play, play Parcheesi. Come play Parcheesi. Parcheesi time. Uh, so now Ben goes back to his room. They're apologizing to each other for the fight. She mentions she's in debt because of the volunteering. That's why she's so stressed about it. He finds out that it's $26,000 because of a cocaine problem, and that's how she got the deviated septum. I told uh, you this. I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time something comes up, she's like, I told you this. And like, clearly and they haven't had that conversation. He says, and, she says, like, that's how you get a deviated septum by doing a lot of cocaine. He said, and he, 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 he stutters. The kid at camp didn't have a blow problem. Yeah, she, how, how, do you, you, how do you know? <laughs> because he was eight and he was my bunkmate. That's why I would have seen him. He says, I would have been aware. I been aware. <laughs> so she calls him Edmund. Didn't know his name was Edward. Um, <laughs> it's like well no it's just what she said uh, she says she says i wouldn't change a thing and he looks away <laughs> when she says that he looks like mm, i wouldn't change a single thing because it made me who i am today and do you know who i am today no who are you and he says who are you not in response to what yeah, not like not said. like a hype man of like yeah. setting her up right yeah, he's asking, like, no, literally, who are you? Because everything I thought about you is now falling apart. And she says, I'm Mrs. Edmund uh, uh, Hollerin or whatever his name is. And and he says, my name's, my name's not Edmund. It's Edward. Eddie. And she says, oh, then what other deep, dark secrets are right. you keeping? <laughs> so now they're back to fucking as they make up. She wants him to hit her. He this, won't do it. She's taunting scene. him. She's yelling this like, scene. cock me. Fuck me like a black guy. Like <laughs> she says, cock me, which is such a weird term. It and is. She says, Tell me how much you like it. Say, I still like it a lot. <laughs> I'm a bad girl. Hit me. I think you've been fine. <laughs> cock me. I think I am cocking you. <laughs> and then she says, fuck me like a black guy. And he, the way he spazzes, dude, I can't watch that scene without laughing. Because no, she I says, was- I was dying. Man. Like a bad guy. You could tell on his face. He's like, oh, okay, you want <laughs> <laughs> He does that Ben Stiller, like, I'm really into what I'm doing thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we cut to what her snor- snoring in bed afterwards, snoring. and he's sitting in a, a chair, just rocking back and forth in the fetal position. Um, so now, uh, let's see. He's, he's like kind of daydreaming on the beach with her, but he's watching Miranda play with her nephews. Uh, she squirts him in the face with baby oil. He's like, you got to use suntan lotion. She says, no, baby oil. Like, they're arguing about that. Uh, we later cut to the Savage. room, and uh, and she's just beyond sunburned. That's the second reprise of the, the mariachi band that's following them around because at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. he gives uh, the mariachi band 20 bucks, and they're like, oh, 20 bucks, and they, like, definitely know that he's good for more. Right. They're like, it's like feeding cats. Like, they fed him one time, and now they won't leave him alone. Right, exactly. And so now he calls uh, he calls his dad, worried about her being off, and he says, this is the great, this is like kind of that perfect thing of just him not being on the same page. He goes, so you think your wife is a nutcase because on her honeymoon she's singing a lot, wants to have sex around the clock, and got too much sun? She tells you to cock her, you cock her. <laughs> it's angrily. Angrily chastises his son. Next to some enormous floating titties, by the way. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, ben goes to the bar, 
Uh, Miranda walks up to him. They pretend to be on their honeymoon, or they get confused for being on their honeymoon, right? Like, uh, he says he's on his honeymoon to some strangers, and then she's like, oh, I guess we're pretending to be married for them. Yeah, so it's interesting because, like Amin said, this movie does kind of rely on Ben Stiller lying for a good chunk of it, but then it's also super convenient about him never having to really lie to Miranda. Yeah, he's kind of just keeping information, which is a form of lying, but it's, right, like... It's, well, it, he keeps getting cut off or whatever, yeah. and then there's the misunderstanding later, so it's like they, they made a point to make him avoid lying to Miranda. Right. He helps her carry drinks over uh, to her family. They're all from Mississippi. Um, he's a big hit with the family, with everyone except for Danny McBride. Not Danny McBride is not feeling it. No, he's not <laughs> feeling it at all. What does he say? Are you a film buff? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember you, Eddie. You're the film buff. Uh, also, my man from from Walking Dead, the old dude from Walking Dead, uh, whose name is Boo, uh, and he's and he says, yeah, it's short for Buford. And Ben Stiller says, oh, why don't they call you Bu then? And flow, yeah. flow from Progressive and Buzz, her husband, just start dying laughing. Like, and I put the note: Have you ever had people laugh too hard at your very light joke? Yes. It's such an uncomfortable it's thing. It's very uncomfortable. Um, so they ask about, he's telling about like sports and everything. And they say, they, he says, I, even, I actually lost my virginity on a baseball diamond. And then makes a joke about like these guys holding it down. <laughs> that was like, I, you know, I was like, I love sports. I, I actually lost my virginity on a baseball diamond. And I was like, oh, wow. And he says, yeah, a couple of the older kids held me down. And, and Flo asks, like, did you press charges? And then Miranda's like, no, he was making a joke. And she like kind of almost whispers, like, about anal rape? Anal rape. <laughs> um, so now they've been drinking. They've done shots. Ben and Miranda are getting high on the beach. Uh, he says he loves her family, but doesn't like uh, Danny McBride. Uh, she asks him about having a girlfriend back home. And before he can kind of answer and like confess to being married and everything, Danny McBride interrupts. Um, they're going to go deep sea fishing in the morning. Uh, he goes back to his room. They're walking off, and Danny McBride says, smells like someone's been hitting the devil's lettuce. Devil's lettuce. <laughs> what is that smell? That That and also... When Miranda says, hey, we're going tomorrow. You want to you wanna join us? And he said, whoa, can't be inviting anybody. Got to talk to the captain. There's weight capacity issues, which is clearly just like I don't like him. Right. So I don't want him to come along on our trip. So now he's back in the room. Lila confronts him about where he's been. He's been gone seven hours. This is one of the, the first of many great lying scenes where he doesn't miss a beat when he tells any of these lies, which is the amazing part. Where have you been? Hi. Hey, oh, honey, I was downstairs. Downstairs? You left here seven hours ago, Eddie. You said you were just going to have dinner. I did. I did. I was right down at the bar. I had the chimichangas and the chalupa sampler on the side. Chimichangas don't take that long. No, no, they were quick. The chalupas were a little slow coming out. But honey, what happened was I met this great older couple who found out it was our honeymoon, and so they offered to buy me a shot and this other group a shot, and then we all ended up having shots. And What other group? This other group, just these these rednecks who are down at the bar. But cool rednecks, you know, like like Jimmy Carter types. Eddie, that still doesn't explain why you're coming in at 4 a.m. when the bar closed at 2. Honey, you said you wanted to sleep, so I wanted to allow you to rest. So I ended up just sitting on the beach watching the waves all night. You were on the beach all this time? Yeah. Really? Yes, honey. 
His face is so earnest. He's such a he's such an amazing liar. He's an incredible liar. Because it like there's no I'm telling you, there's no delay. Yeah. And he like will stay. I mean, he's he's right playing in, that he's playing that game with the kids all times yeah, in life. Yeah. Yes, that that, that five, the the five and five. That wasn't yeah. just like a, a a little thing for the kids to make fun of him. That was a demonstration to us that we should know when it comes to lying. This dude is amazing. He's world class at it. Yeah. So she finally relents. Just says like how uncomfortable she is. She has a pill stuck in her nose. He gets it out with tweezers. She takes cream this cream off her face. She's beet red like beyond. She freaks out. Goes in the bathroom. Uh, he says he'll go get them food. What happens? He uh, he gets Tito to bring her food as he sneaks off with Miranda. Yeah, he runs into the family at, at breakfast and they're arguing about the fishing boat. And I wrote down that the the grandfather goes, "I'm not chipping in on no goddamn boat," and then just like starts a riot in the family. Yeah, they missed the boat. They missed the boat because they were all hungover and they right, overslept. Danny, right. Danny McBride blames him. That's that's a, that's a very important note that yeah. Danny McBride. Thanks, Mister Party Boy, or whatever he calls him. Thanks to you, like we we missed the boat. We lost out on the deposit, and that's why they say we should all tip in and we'll get another one. And that's what Grandpa just yells in the background. He's not chipping in, and and they're gonna yeah, they all freak out. So they kind of Miranda and, and Ben Stiller just agree to like go off on their own. So they uh, they do, now we've got a month. We get yeah. a montage of them having a great. Yeah, they day. go through town. There's a donkey show. There's food. There's soccer. There's all kinds of shit. So uh, he comes back, and Lila kind of grills him where he was. And this is, I mean, this. the line just goes crazy where he talks about again. This might be one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. I'm not being facetious because the way he lies so quickly and so rapidly with so much detail, it is unbelievable. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to watch this movie. You listen to this scene. Everything he says everything is an absolute. Everything he says is a lot, and it goes. There's and so just, much detail. Hey, baby, Eddie Bear's home. And boy, do I got a story for you. Well, I hope so. Seeing that you've been gone all day, honey. Mwah. Guess what happened? I go downstairs to get your breakfast. Who do I run into? Out of the clear blue. Who? Yvonne Schuinard. Who? Yvonne Schuinard. Big cheese of Patagonia. And? And? Come on, honey. Patagonia is like my biggest supplier. I carry their entire line. You know that. So, Yvonne and his buddies are going out golfing. What? No. They asked me if I want to go. So what am I going to do? Say no? No. Right? But you didn't bring your clubs. I demoed a set. Taylor made. Sweet, too. Added like 30 extra yards to my drive. Who are the buddies? Just a couple of guys. This guy Lenny from Akron, insurance guy. You know, kind of a stiff, but good golfer. And uh, the local Patagonia rep. What was his name? His name was Six Toe. Six Toe? Yeah, Six Toe. Amputee. Lost four toes scaling up Everest. Did it without oxygen. One of those guys. By the way, amazingly, he showed me. Retained the outer toes, lost the middle stuff, but kept the balance points, which are all you need. In fact, he says it gives him a better swing because he swings right through the ball. Less resistance. Fascinating guy. Eddie, since when has golf taken seven hours? Yeah, well, we got behind a Korean couple, so. But I'll tell you, it actually worked to my advantage because we got to talk shop. And if things pan out the way I think they might, we could be talking about some really sweet credit terms for the store. Why didn't you call me? I've been worried sick about you. Honey, I did. You get a mile outside of this place, it's like trying to get reception on the moon. What are you doing? Are you, are you going somewhere? Lila, I just told you I'm taking them out to dinner in five minutes. When did you say that? Okay, first of all, these people, 
Let me explain something to you. These people, okay, they're prime. This is, this opportunity, do you understand? This is the head of an incredibly important outerwear company. International, okay? They've taken the bait, and now I just gotta gaff them, get them in the boat, and club them to death. Kill time, honey, kill time. I can't let the air out. Then all the momentum I built up all day just evaporates. By the way, shouldn't take too long, because uh, they started dropping back the shots about two hours ago, so uh, very interested in anything anybody has to say. So, you know, it's gonna be good. All right, well, hang on a sec. Let me put on some makeup. You're, you're coming? Of course I'm coming. Yes! Good! Sweet! I'll just, uh, I'll just call down and tell them to make room for one more on the skiff. On the skiff? Uh-huh. We're going out on this little, uh, 12-foot Zodiac inflatable job. Twilight Cruise. No, Eddie, I can't go in a boat. Oh. Oh, crap. That's right. You sure? Because, really, honey, we're only going a couple miles out past the breakwater, right to where the Continental Shelf drops off. It's supposed to be amazing. The guy uh, said it's where they filmed that movie, The Perfect Storm. Honey, I'm sorry. I feel really bad, but there's no way I'd last out there. You know what? Screw it. Screw it! What am I doing? I'm on my honeymoon. Thank you for getting my head straight. I'm going to call and cancel right now. What about the credit terms? All right, you know what? Fine. You win. We do it your way. I'll go, finish the deal quickly, come back, take you out for late dinner. That sound good? Huh? All right? Good. Okay. Good. Also, there's some important stuff I want to talk to you about. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like good stuff or bad stuff? Like, well, you know, at first you might flinch, but then I think in the long run, great stuff. Among the highlights there, it says he goes golf. She asks who was there. He gives details on the other people who were there, including a all man while, named All Sixto. while getting ready. All while yes. getting ready. Like his teeth, the, changing clothes. Yeah, he's brushing, yeah, exactly. That was the part where I was just like, this man is the greatest liar ever. And, I, and, yeah. and you know, Zach, as you know, on, on our radio show on Sirius XM, I've talked about how easy it is to lie. And I consider myself pretty good at lying when I need to. And this guy just blows me out of the water, man. Oh, he's, he's, anyway. he's the best at it. Yeah. And so, so then we find out that, that when Tito brought her food earlier, they were – she wasn't like showing herself. She just had the, the hand reached out through the doorway that he tried to put her hand on his dick and she like swat, you know, swatted him away. Uh, he confronts Tito about the making a move on his wife and everything. And basically Tito's like, look, with what was going on, I just assumed it, like you were down or whatever. So, Which is pretty fair explanation. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not I a bad anything explanation. anything goes with this guy. So uh, Ben goes to tell Miranda about his wife, but throughout the, the montage, when they get back from the little day trip in Cabo, um, the twins in front of the rest of her family are like, oh, that guy's wife was murdered. That's the dude whose wife was murdered, blah, blah, blah. So now the whole family and she think that his wife has been murdered. So when he goes to confront her or to, to go confess to Miranda about his wife, she's like, I already know. Like, I know everything. Thinking it's about the murder. We've got confusion. Um, so he thinks like, oh, well, they know that I'm married. This is great. Like, and they're still, everyone's cool with it. They don't want to even talk about even, it. All this even, stuff. even Danny McBride, even Danny McBride, right. His, his arch nemesis in this whole thing. Um, so he just goes on thinking, oh, wow, they're actually okay with this. This is great. He, when he goes, he goes to then tell Lila that he wants to break up. Uh, she has stitched him a pillow from earlier before the wedding, uh, I believe. By the way, by the way uh, like now they're, while they're having this meal or whatever, and you know, or this post vow renewal, whatever. She's they're having this conversation. We just hear a snippet of like, oh yeah, and it's this really cool thing in this mountain. And she says, we should go. We should totally do it. How about the day after tomorrow? I said, okay. Um, there's some things I have to move around. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's 
such a bad liar. He's such an amazing liar. It's like he's a bad liar, not in the lies are so see through. He's an he's a bad liar that like is just he has no there's no ground level. Like there's no yeah. depth. He, he's dug himself in unbelievable hole. He's dug here. himself in unbelievable hole, and then he keeps every time he goes to like confront someone or like admit something to someone, like it just keeps knocked away by like something comes up, right? So we finally get to the next morning. Uh, he's trying to get out of the marriage. She thinks that he wants to go to Rotterdam with her and all this stuff. And so um, there's like a, there's a thing. Rotterdam is where you need to be. Yeah. Rotterdam is where you need to be. Right. Exactly. And she calls her mom. She starts crying. Yeah. She she starts crying and like calls her mom. And he thinks like, Oh my God, she's calling, you know, to, cause I just broke up with her. She's like, he's selling the store. We're moving to Rotterdam. Like, and, and puts him on the phone as he puts him on the phone uh danny mcbride and the cousin buzz yeah. walk up now we have a confrontation with wait, the... did, what did you hear the mom on the phone what she says what and i hear you're moving to germany all right <laughs> <laughs> good callback um so now we get basically get the confrontation with the wife confusion the, danny the Mc... way, first of all the way he beckons to danny mcbride and buzz as they walk <laughs> because she's back talking to her mom on the phone and he sees them and he just kind of leans off the table <laughs> Like almost like he's looking for something under the table, right? But like while looking at them, like come, come, here. come here. So now, like it's starting to get out, right? Like they're putting two and two together that he's on his honeymoon, all the stuff that there was confusion over the murder and all this shit, right? Uh, Danny McBride puts him in a headlock. He shoves a pepper up his nose. You've got to get yourself right with God, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he, 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 he was back- be- he was better than he was in Hot Foot or in uh, Hot whatever. Rod. Oh, I don't know. I think that joke was better used in the Righteous Gemstones when he really perfected it. He's pretending <laughs> he's he's yelling or he's lying to Lila that those are the Patagonia guys. The mariachi band comes back over. Look, Lila, we're not okay. It's over. Ha! 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 No! <laughs> Please go away! What? We're over! No! Stop! What's over? Hey, okay. Here, here you go. 50! 50 Americans! hotel i'm on my honeymoon we just want to have a nice quiet lunch eddie eddie it's okay they're not no it's not okay we're newlyweds we just want to have a quiet time together how can we have any good memories if you guys keep eddie 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 it's okay i am this is where i put the note this movie is good but it's way too long there can't be a half hour left ben stiller freaking out at the mariachi band was the other thing that i remember because it was definitely in the trailer yeah, so I wrote I wrote this note. Him mocking the mariachi music was a big part of the trailer. I remember that made me not a, made me not want to watch the movie. Like I just remember he, seeing that in the trailer, thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Miranda goes. She kind of walks down towards the beach. She's still on this landing. Uh, he tries to explain things to her. She goes, falls off into the water. He dives after her, uh, rescues her to the shore. We find out he has a jellyfish stuck in his back. The mariachi band is playing, which I thought was kind of funny that they're just <laughs> yeah, playing this music this while he's like freaking all out. All hell breaks so, loose. Yeah, all hell's right broken here. loose. Uh, Lila pees on his back. There's this giant pubic hair joke that I think has no payoff at all. Yeah, so that reminded me a lot of when we see the old lady's titties and something about Mary. Yeah, that's a good it's call. Like the exact same thing. It's like a cutaway and it's like weird prosthetic makeup. <laughs> yeah. And it's like we see the kitty ring, though. It's finally revealed. Right, we see that. And so now everything is falling apart. We cut to uh, Ben Stiller's now drunk 
Tito at first fools him into thinking everything is okay and that Miranda's looking for him and then says he's just joking. We find out that Lila burned all of his stuff. He doesn't have his passport. He doesn't have papers. He can't go back for like a month when he's waiting for his papers. It's already been two weeks. He's just this, you know, beach bum at this point, right? Drinking tequila straight out the bottle. Yeah, he's got a puka shell necklace. He's he's drinking Jose Cuervo lying in a hammock. I mean, Zach... Having just gone to Cabo, that's about <laughs> yeah, okay. that's about what it is. Could you relate if you had gotten your passport stolen? Would that have been you? Oh man, I would have lived there. Oh my, I would have never come back. It would have been oh man, what a time. Cabo, really can't recommend Cabo enough. Um, so now Tito decides he's going to smuggle Ben back. You, by the way, did you go? Did you go by yourself? Yeah. Was it a singles like resort or something like that? It was an adults only resort, but there oh, were a bunch of people there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I met a bunch of people. It was great. Yeah. Yo, you got lucky over there? No. <laughs> that's, when you say, that's when you say, like, a classy girl never says. <laughs> and that's when I say, yeah, but I'm asking you. How many pussies did you crush? Yeah, how many, what was your pussy crushing? I don't like the pussy crushing term. <laughs> Counting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, Tito's going to smuggle Ben back to the U.S., uh, he wants to go to Mississippi, though, not back to San Francisco. He wants to go find Miranda. Montage of him failing to sneak back into the U.S. I wrote, this is so topical today. I said it's funny because he's white. It's fun, Yeah, it's funny because he's white. He funny finally he's white, and, and when he gets on the on the, the boxcar train. What the fuck was that? I thought I, I thought that that scene went on longer for some reason from before, but they he jumps on, they beat the shit out of him and throw him immediately <laughs> off. Yeah, but like the, the people, yeah. the people he was crossing with, they're like, "Come on, come on!" As he's running, he gets on the boxcar. They all cheer. He's all excited. Then we see on the other side, like in the boxcar, just like real mean hobos who beat the shit out of him. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> so now Jerry is driving him. He's just looks beyond. Like Ben looks beyond homeless and disheveled and everything. He gets him to Biloxi. He explains that he loves Miranda, not Lila. He gets to the porch. Danny McBride is pissed at him. We find out that Miranda has married her ex that she mentioned earlier in the movie. Um, they say to respect her privacy and decision. He says he will. Cut to the next scene. She's sleeping in bed with her husband. He's right next to the bed. Uh, scares the shit out of her. He tries to explain what's happened um, and that she wa- he wants to be with her. Danny McBride then hits him with a bat. Jerry Stiller comes in and says, pussy dick again. Yeah, uh, wakes up the husband. Jerry comes in and he challenges McBride. Uh, she says she doesn't feel the same way. So it was just a connection to Mexico that reaffirmed her feelings for uh, her husband. We find out that Ben lost the store in the divorce and his dad moved to Vegas. Uh, I wrote the Rob Cordry hair joke isn't doing it for me. He's got now the not the bangs, but like a long string of hair. And then the baby has matching hair. Yeah, baby yeah. has like matching hair. Yeah, how about the part where he tells us he says he told his wife. Thursday to I, Sunday, right? Yeah, <laughs> where he like he lays down the law. Yeah, she calls. She calls. He says, "I am helping my." He, he's very like defiantly tells yeah. her, I, "I am with my friend right now. I will talk to you later." Hangs she, up. She, she walks. walks she walks in with the baby. She's like, "Get your fucking ass in the car right <laughs> she now!" Him so hard. <laughs> very Susie Green esque. Yeah, and so we, this is a six months later scene. We don't yeah. get a six months later tag, but Rob Cordry says it's been six months and you haven't done right. shit. And then we get a, in another eighteen months later, they double months later to us. Yeah, he he he's sold everything. He's moved to Cabo. Yeah, he's working now. So they have yeah, like a water sports business or something, right? Like tour yeah. tourist business. Uh, but, Miranda shows up. She's with family. 
they're doing their trip again. And that's why it's 18 months later, because it's six months after the original thing. And then 18 months later, 24 months. So it's two years after they originally met. Uh, Doing the uh, vow renewal again. She heard a rumor. He opened a business because he sent out an email. Uh, Says she split up with her husband. And I wrote the note. These two are very unstable. Just very unstable. Um, She says it's not easy being married when you're in love with someone else. Then says, I'd really like for you to meet him. He's in the car. Uh, it's a uh, joke. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to go get drinks tonight to make plans. And then as she walks off, Eva Longoria playing Consuela comes up. It's clearly his girlfriend. He's like, Oh, his wife. that is oh, his, oh, wife. his wife. Is yeah, wife? He married oh, okay. her. She says it's, it's our anniversary today. And yeah. he says, yeah, but uh, I'm going to go and like knock this out real quick with these suppliers from the Huey, right. like from, yeah. from Sea-Doo or whatever. And then I'll come back. We'll have a late like anniversary dinner. Yeah. And she says, Oh, that yeah, sounds we, great. We things and, to talk about. <laughs> It's a like good, good things thing. or bad things? It'll sting uh, at first, but it'll ultimately be good. Uh, go to credits, and then halfway through the credits, we're back to Lila in a room fucking. There's like a sugar cube somewhere. There's a carrot. She's yelling like, cock me, and saying, yes, you're doing it. And then we find out that it's uh, it's the donkey from the show. You want a donkey. Yes. And I wrote, is that the payoff? Yeah, that, that what could have done without that. That was yeah. like fair, that was like a fair. So yeah, it's Fairly funny. Brothers just being Fairly Brothers, right? It's funny when you said like, "Oh, these were the writers of this movie." I like. I feel like when the Fairly Brothers got their writing credits, it was also like, hey, "What if she has like a cock ring on her?" Right. <laughs> what if what if what is this, a donkey that's like fucking her in the end? Like that was their contribution. It's a very fine line between who's our guy Skip Woods. <laughs> it's a very fine line between Skip Woods and the Fairly Brothers. Skip Woods is off in his own little circle. <laughs> no one can touch Skip. Um, okay, uh, there is no Tony Medley review for this movie. But? But we have one from Dodgeball, another Ben Stiller movie. Right. He gave Dodgeball a 5 out of 10. You may be thinking, well, that's not a very interesting score, which it's not. But there's an excerpt. Dodgeball is a great movie. So even, but I can see like, all right, maybe you're not a Ben Stiller guy, whatever. Right. But he still gives it like kind of the midway, but there's an excerpt from this thing, from this review that I wanted to read for you. One thing this movie does extremely well is explain the game they're playing. Again, this is dodgeball. By the time of the ultimate competition, you understand what they're doing and why. I wish that surfing movies would explain that arcane competition. Sometime patches of Hulahan. Uh, played by Rip Torn, gives a quick tutorial explaining the rules and how to play the game. By the time of the competition, you understand the game. Uh, there are so many cameos. William Shatner, Chuck Norris, David Hasselhoff, and Lance Armstrong was a very funny segment. This takes shots at decorum, some of which are funny. There is one that was deplorable and unacceptable. To put somebody down, Peter yells, You're adopted. Your parents don't even love you. Writer-director Rawson Marshall Thurber should be ashamed of himself for such a shameful line. In addition, there's some crude sexual jokes that would eliminate this as acceptable viewing for children and call into question the intellectual level of people who created them. It does contain a nice satirical comment on inane sportscasters and color commentators that strikes home. This is an over-the-top, silly, clearly played for laughs trifle. Despite the adoption line and the low-class sexual jokes, to my surprise, this was a moderately entertaining hour and a half. He takes shots at surfing for some reason? Surfing movies. Surfing yeah. movies? Because apparently he doesn't understand surfing. So you think he didn't like Blue Crush? I guess not, because he didn't He didn't understand what surfing, uh, how it works. Question, do we think Tony Medley is adopted? <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he takes a lot of exception to the, the joke, <laughs> you're adopted, your parents don't even love you. <laughs> 
Or, or, or did he give up a child? And it was one of the toughest things he's ever had to do. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, those are real questions. Yeah, I I'm going to know. say I think he probably has an adopted child. I mean, I think he gave up the kid. <laughs> oh, I love this deep delve into Tony. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like we're peeling back layers, right? He fucking hates Democrats. He hates Will Ferrell. He kind of hates Hollywood for to be like for as many movies as he reviews. He loves old movies and he thinks adoption jokes are not funny. He also hates surfing movies because they don't explain how surfing competitions work. But he loves time warps. Neither, he loves neither time did, warps. Neither did his dad who gave him up for adoption. <laughs> I'm going to go surf. But, Daddy, how do you surf? Whoa. What if his dad's a surfer? That's a great call on me. Holy shit. Oh, my God. All right. Time for the verdict. Is it phobe or is it file for you, Amin? Oh, you know what this is for me. It's a super file. Like, this is a movie that I was surprised. Look, I cheated. I cheated because it's supposed to be bad movies, but like I gamed the system. I said, yeah. well, it's got a rotten tomato score that's low, but I love this movie. I got to watch a movie that I love one more time. So yeah, I, I love it. It's like, this is, like I said, that scene where he's lying, that main one where it, he's talking it, about it really six is. toe. Yeah. That is one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. And he's talking about when he, when he talks about, he got like, he used some clubs that were cu- sort of customized. Like he didn't have his clubs or whatever. He goes, no, no, uh, so I, like, but how did you, how did you, how did you go when you didn't have your clubs? Like, Oh, that's some loners. The tailor made. They added about a hundred. Well, like, oh, you know, so he, like says, 20 yards? he says, I think, no, no, it's very specific. This is how it's a great lie. He goes, I think about 37 yards to my drive. Oh my God. Like, like that's a, that's such a funny line to me. Oh man. You, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a big time file. I do think it's too long. I think it needs to be like 20, 25 minutes shorter, too many montages. You know, some of the jokes are just really unnecessary in my opinion. But for the most part, like, man, I'm laughing throughout this whole fucking movie. Maze. All right. This is a tough one. So the, I've seen this movie before. It was entirely forgettable to me. The first time I saw it, it falls off a cliff in the second half and it is too long for sure. I don't think I laughed or was interested at all. Pretty much. After Danny McBride sticks a pepper up his nose, that's not halfway through though. That's like like this like two thirds. No, there's about, no, there's about that's about like a half an hour left in this movie. Yeah, because Zach said that when he was doing. Yeah, that. no, it's like, a note in my. Face. Yeah, you just trying to hate on it. See, see what Maze is doing. Maze, this is revenge. I mean, this is revenge. No, I definitely wanted to hate on it. You guys did a good job selling it. I laughed. I'm gonna give it a file. Wow, through. Hey. There you go. Uh, let us know what you thought in uh, in the old Twitters at Darth Amin, at Talk Hoops, at Corn Puzzle. Let us know what you think in the Discord. Of course, you can suggest movies either with the hashtag Cinephobe or uh, or in the Discord in the Cinephobe channel. Uh, thanks for being Patreon subscribers. Uh, and tune in next time for uh, all new Cinephobe. Whose pick is it? Zach. Oh, <laughs> you guys are not ready for what I'm picking. <laughs>